0: god look what beethoven said music is a mediator between the spiritual and the sensual self Mm. oh shit girl beethoven said
1: that not me
0: This is Nat. And this is Cindy. And this is Murado Lens, a feminist podcast hosted by two childhood friends who discuss embracing our inner bruja,
1: sex, and culture. Always funny, always real. And today we are in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. traveled far, far away from Jersey to come see music DJ Rio Bamba, aka Sarah.
2: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I go about Rio Bamba as a DJ and producer. And my like name name, if you will, is Sarah Skolnick.
0: That last name sounds so Eastern Europe, Mm -hmm. and yet I hear you're Latina. Tell me more about the cultural nuances that makes up DJ Riobamba.
2: Yeah, I'm one of those mixed humans, so I'm Ecuadorian and Lithuanian, I grew up in Massachusetts my whole life until I went to college in Boston. Um, but yeah, I come from a first-generation immigrant family. My mom came over in the wave of immigrants in the 60s from Ecuador, so she was born over there and came when she was eight years old, and I have a lot of family between still in the country and the U.S. now.
0: Very cool. And did you all hear that? She said she's Ecuadorian where the best ceviche come from. Oh. Hello.
2: Okay, honey. <laughs>
1: Just a little background. This is like 75 episodes in. We've been fighting about this for so long. So if you're just tuning in, you're probably going to hear this battle about Peru because I'm Peruvian and Nat is from Ecuador. We keep fighting about what's the best ceviche. The fight is over, obviously. It's still Peruvian as the best. So just a side note, everybody. I'm so sorry. I I know I'm outnumbered in this room right now, but, you know, Peruvian ceviche is the best. Okay, let's just move on. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right we're gonna go
0: past that one for now um but i want to start with um telling you you know your music inspired me when i heard you on set live for the first time because i knew of you being at um the one at
2: the boiler room show yeah, the boiler room, the yeah boiler
0: room. so like all that vibration so when i saw that live at la marina it was like you know you make me understand why i love being latina mm-hmm. because it's like so much caribbean and indigenous mixed in there mm-hmm. Why or why that genre? What resonated with you and why did you go in that direction?
2: Yeah, I think... Well, thank you for saying that, first of all. That means a lot to hear that. Um, I started DJing because I was living in Boston, um, which is a really segregated city, like a very northeastern... Like mm-hmm. Nobody talks about it, but, you know, just like the people of color over here and the white people are here. And that's how it is. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to call attention to it. And I started DJing... Um, Music that, like, I grew up hearing at family parties I was like, you know, growing up in the Springfield area, the family parties were, like, the Ecuadorian parties. My Jewish side or my Lithuanian side is really small. It's, like, my dad and my grandparents at the time. Okay. And so my Ecuadorian family was, like, a ton of primos or, like, people that you call primos where you're not really sure how you're related. <laughs>
0: We all know that too. All a los parientes, right? Yeah. Or he's
2: like my fourth cousin. We're like, does that even exist?
1: <laughs> like he's been at this party for years, where he's just gonna have to be a cousin. Like that's how it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was like so much joy, you know, and is also experiencing Latino culture in like these close settings and family parties. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up loving that music and just wanting to share it. And then I lived in Boston, and it's like I don't know anybody who's playing this. Not that to say that there's not Latino clubs or DJs. But I wanted to find people that were exploring their roots in the way that I was kind of coming back to them and rediscovering them or getting to know them for the first time in a lot of ways and meeting a lot of other folks that were first generation or immigrated themselves, you know, were my age. Um, we're pulling a lot of remixes and tracks from SoundCloud at the time with, that were like remixing stuff that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. So it came from this place of just being like, yeah, I want to feel represented. I want us to feel visible. And I want us to build our own spaces that are like a true reflection of that experience.
1: So for people that haven't heard your music, how would you describe it? I mean, I think we're going to play a little bit during the show and so people can hear it. But how would you describe it to someone that's never heard of it? Because you said going back to your roots and all that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good question it's always changing mm-hmm. when you guys were on the way over here today it's like what's my new genre and I was like pereo, like espiritual <laughs> or something like that
0: that's, that's like everything right there yeah. Pereo spiritual is like you will have all the brujas <laughs> doing a perreo okay uh-huh. your party let me just tell you hello <laughs>
2: Hello. It is about like presence or it's about like embodying like your body, like in the many dimensions that we exist in at the same time. But it's also pride, like my cultural pride, pride for being mixed, pride for being like this mutant, like hybrid person of like ni liaki, ni lia ya, like that kind of experience. That's not really a genre, but it's a, <laughs> an explanation. Oh,
1: no, perreo espiritual is definitely a genre. <laughs> okay,
0: I totally feel I that. Think if anything, to trademark that shit quick and in a hurry, because that is the new thing of like, I think that's it. I think that's where us, especially women of color, mm-hmm. eh, whether Caribbean, whether indigenous, like just Latina as a whole, because um, we love to get down and dirty, but there's something that is been shamed of like doing a perreo for so long Mm -hmm. so to still see women own that and bring it to parties all over Mm -hmm. to even the older generation of women you Mm -hmm. know i just think yeah that does tap into my spirituality Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna that's a segue to something beethoven said once and he said music is the mediator between the spiritual and the sensual life so what makes music spiritual right like maybe it is this genre maybe it's that one um but does that really matter i think it's more it awakens an emotion that is true right mm-hmm. and it's reconnecting us to our essence our own inner divine um do you did you create or do you create soundtracks thinking how am i going to like awaken that next bruja or mm-hmm. or how am i going to create a spiritual footprint on mother earth are these thoughts wow
2: yeah absolutely i think like my first spiritual experiences of music were like experiencing collectively so going to shows when I was young like when I was like 15 and 16 I loved going to punk shows and it was just that feeling of community and like sweating and everybody being in this space and like building and sharing this energy together and so I always associated community with my own practice as a DJ and then when I started DJing I really realized like as a performer um, the kind of power that can have uh, while I'm DJing myself, and it's, it's, I think there's always a moment when I was thinking about like the Red Bull show the other week at La Marina, and I had a two-hour set, and I was like, how am I gonna fix this? How am I gonna like get the momentum right, the pacing right? And the first 30 minutes, I was thinking, and then at some point, my like thinking brain just like left, and I was just there, and like I feel like I was like interacting with the energy in the room or like channeling something in the room, and so those are like the most amazing, like cathartic spiritual experiences when I just kind of, like, feel like I'm outside of myself and responding.
0: It's the music industry. I'm sure there's plenty of Me Too situations. Mm-hmm. Have you felt any of that wrath um, amongst male genders or even female gender, female, mm-hmm. um, you know, identifying people within this industry that you're in?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that happened in the industry for a really long time that just became, like, tolerated. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now is people being held accountable for that, um, redefining what's acceptable, and, like, really defining new boundaries for that. So I definitely think, like, yeah, it happens, like, all the time in the music industry. And also just the... I can speak mostly to, like, the Latino music industry, but the power structure of that is so tilted towards men traditionally Mm that... Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, the higher, like, you get in the industry, like, it's just... I mean, the underground stuff, there's definitely more women. There's definitely, like, um, people of different gender identities. But, yeah, higher up, it's, like, not at all equal, not even close. So even if you are to speak out, like, you need to know that people are going to listen, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what's changing, hopefully, yeah.
0: How do you react to it? How do you you know dj real bamba take care of yourself or something cindy loves to ask a lot of guests is like how do you now Mm self-care so that that doesn't kind of overcome or overwhelm you as an artist Mm
2: -hmm. therapy (laughs) therapy for sure if i come home from the club this is a more recent thing but i'll do like a small limpia like just Mm -hmm. like with sage or something just to get like that energy out um i didn't used to do this but this is more i think a result of becoming more sensitive or like in touch with my intuition but I won't spend the whole night in the club anymore Mm -hmm. like I'll go like an hour and a half before and then I'll leave an hour after just so I'm not like in that space for too long because sometimes it's a little overwhelming it also depends like what mood I'm into but yeah I think there's smaller things like that and then also like on the longer term scale definitely like knowing who my allies are um building with other women like supporting other women like really knowing that we have each other's back if anything happens
1: You mentioned something before that was interesting, like, you work off the energy in the crowd, like, and you also mentioned, you know, falling into this genre of, like, perreo espiritual, right, Mm -hmm. which is dope as hell, because that's how I feel in the dance floor. Like, when I dance, I como es un despojo, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I feel. And actually, I've gotten to this place where, like, I don't drink if I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to be dancing, Mm -hmm. like, dancing for myself. Like, I go into my own zone, right? Mm -hmm. So do you, do you, you know, you're obviously in charge of the music, what do you do when you're dancing? Is that, is that a different experience for you?
2: Mm. Yeah, like I don't really drink anymore either. I'll have like a drink or two max, but I don't like to feel like out of control in this space. And if I'm dancing, like I'm usually with like my girlfriends or like there's like a circle of people or something because I feel like if I want to like grind up on somebody, like I'm also like really protective of my energy in that way too. Mm. So I'm just like, if I don't like know you like that, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why is that? Why do we do that as women?
0: I think it's intuition. Mm-hmm. Like, especially your party. I mean, there was so much energy. So I love that you you have to protect yourself, right?
2: For sure. For
0: sure. I want to I wanna get a little nosy on them. So we're in, we're inside the apartment in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. With all this bruja stuff around. And we didn't <laughs> know we were going to walk into bruja stuff, guys. Okay? We just knew we connected with a bruja and we wanted her on the show. Um, do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about your shrine and why the shrine has what it has maybe or inspiration
2: yeah wow, this is super personal but I'm down (laughs) um so I have I have um a necklace that I actually got in Ecuador because I had gone last year for my first time by myself to do a plant medicine ceremony and so it has a clear quartz which is like really common in the country and it was a really protective amulet I guess There's also black tourmaline for protection, so it's a a balancing thing. Also grounds you. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. With the quartz and that together, I think it's a good combination. There's um, a smaller tourmaline that's like in the shape of um like a teardrop that a healer that I work with gave me, so I I like to keep that there. Um, And there's three glasses filled with water. It's called a boveda and i like to think of that as like a way of channeling or connecting with ancestors when i'm sleeping or i'm um, just creating a space for that
0: why 3
2: um you know when i read about that ritual in specific cuz i'm still learning about like different ways of practicing and things like that it was recommended in the numbers of 3 6 or 9 and 3 resonated with me okay.
1: yeah interesting now we were talking behind the scenes about like you know, had you always embraced the spiritual part of yourself and you, you know, I, I asked, you know, most of people is like either something really good happened or something really bad. And you said something really bad. And are you willing to share that with us to kind of get into that?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so about three and a half years ago when I was in a relationship that was really abusive, um, physically abusive, emotionally, like privacy, everything. And so, I left that being like, the universe is telling me to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, you know, I wanted to own my own part in that situation or like, how did I get here? Why was I attracted to that energy? Like, how was that mirroring things that I needed to heal in myself? Um, so I really wanted to take responsibility for that. And I feel like a big way of healing for me was thinking of just ways to connect with my intuition, connect with the knowledges that were already there, but I was maybe ignoring at the time. Um, cause I think a lot of that has to do with like the way that you respond to how your body's giving you information or other things that I'm like in my head, but I'm not listening to my body being like, get the fuck out of here, like whatever. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I think that looking back, there are definitely signs or definitely things that my body was telling me that I was ignoring. So I was like, never again. And so I, I try to incorporate a lot of rituals, a lot of that kind of reflection into my daily life. Mm hmm
0: you learn from your past relationship how do you pick a lover now what is what is that person um, whether male or female what's what's one characteristic that you know you absolutely need or want in your life for there to even be another conversation
2: Mm. I think it's definitely like an energy thing like I can tell where they're where they are at vibrationally, right, yeah. too, but also having the openness or the interest in being open and transparent and, like, not wearing a mask, right? Because it's, like, we all have our shadow sides. We all have the sides that we love talking about, but are you willing to share all of that? Yeah. I like
1: that. <laughs> oh, so that's a, that's something you need. What's a deal breaker now? Hmm. Oh. Yeah,
2: like, lying or, like, secret secret stuff. I understand, like, waiting to reveal things over time, but if there's something that's kind of, like, a big thing, yeah, you'd want to know, right? Like, Like, are you housing a
1: human somewhere? (laughs) 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 I got to know,
0: too. I mean, hello. It's definitely part of, uh, you know, being an honest person. So I love Mm -hmm. that you also know what you want, what you don't want, Mm -hmm. and that you've made something that maybe might have been negative to someone else. You turned it into a positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know what is the future for DJ Real Bamba. And what's a stamp or or something you want to leave behind in your legacy?
2: Hmm. I want. That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think about about like I started DJing eight years ago, and so like I've changed a lot over that time. The music industry's changed over that time. The things that we talk about in the US, especially, has changed mm-hmm. over that time. Or like, not to say that these issues weren't there, but we're talking about them more, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think especially now in this era of Trump and like xenophobia and like more more overt racism, again not that it wasn't there. I just wanna make sure that like I've always done my part to speak truth to power. Like mm. to um use my platform, however big that is, to speak about the issues that need to be spoken about, like um, I want to make it a big goal in the next couple of months, even to be doing fundraising and like just advocacy work around detention centers and the way that immigrants are being treated here. Yeah. So it's not just music, like music, I don't think ever exists in a vacuum. It's always like a reflection of like the communities it's a part of mm-hmm. or like the bigger like context in the country or the region or whatever. So um, yeah, just to continue talking about that and really be a voice. Love
1: that Preach. That's super beautiful. So now all with all that said, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. You want to do a lot with your music. Who inspires you? Mm-hmm. Who do you listen to?
2: Daddy Yankee. Okay.
1: <laughs> I did not expect that one. I didn't see that, but it was it was on the tip of her tongue. She was just like somebody asked me what I'm listening to because yeah. it's Daddy Yankee. I
2: mean, well, I think yes. about that.
1: <laughs> I need to know more. Okay, it doesn't just end there.
2: I think of him as like a paradigm breaker. Like in 2004 when he had his breakthrough moment it's like nobody was expecting that nobody had that expectation of latinos in the u.s of spanish speakers of like nothing like that so it's like anything to like mess up expectations of certain communities or like backgrounds i'm all for that so like i'll do that in my own way hopefully um and you know if i ever release fire as hot as like (laughs) gasolina that's cool too
1: i i gotta tell i gotta be very honest when people who don't speak spanish ask me what that song means i'm like "Mm -hmm." like i'm like well it's like about you know like i don't even know what kind of shit i've bs before but like how do you explain that song to someone that doesn't speak spanish my grandma's still asking what the hell that song's about. I'm like, ma, it's about
0: gasoline in the car. She's like, yo no creo, yo no creo que se, because you know she expects, she wants
1: water. to hear from you, Susia. That's what she wants
0: to know. my like, grandma, please, my grandma hasn't seen cock in like 50 years, so like, I will not do that to her now.
1: Uh, no translation. <laughs> be like um we talk about so sex like sex so openly but yet like we don't in homes like we talk about it in music mm. you know what i mean like in a very gruesome way and i've always wondered about that like how do we how do we meet in the middle like we used to we come on we grew up to songs which i still grew to it was like tengo una, tengo una que me sume baja. you know i think about shit like that and i'm like what do i do I dance to this? Do I groove? To, do I believe in this? Is this, this is something I could stand behind? But like it's such a good beat and it reminds me, it doesn't, I'm not listening to the lyrics. I'm like, it reminds me of growing up. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like growing up and having house parties with family. Like, is that how you guys grew up too? Right? Why is that gone? Is my question.
0: I think that it's the job of the new generation, which is us, to continue that. Um, but what I think happened is that a lot of us stop having kids. At a young age, Mm -hmm. and we decided that career was, you know, just as important because honestly, at my age, at our age, at our age vicinity, all our moms had us and all our moms didn't just have us. They had the 20 other primos that we're talking about that are not even primos. And they created almost a bigger community and they extended it's extended family. Mm -hmm. We have killed that noise. Mm -hmm. And we're like, listen, we could have kids at 45. I'm still one of the few friends in my circle that has a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, and to me, it's still fucking weird. But it's because we never talked about having this family that our families had. Mm
1: -hmm. So kind of on us. It's true. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Yeah,
2: no, I totally agree. One of my favorite things about DJing, especially when I go back to Boston, is a lot of my cousins come out. So it's like, a, it's kind of that feeling of being like in our own Ah. way. We're reinventing (laughs) that tradition. But it's different. I mean, my like... You know, one of my closest cousins is just starting to think about having kids. So it's like, it's starting, but you know, we're like mid to late 30s, we're taking our time. <laughs>
1: Can we get together and just bring these house parties back? Cause I fucking miss them. Yeah, a little kid falling asleep in the corner to the yeah, music. That was me. I was a I was definitely the kill the killer of the head on that
0: those. But I would fall asleep in the corner. It was like 10 p.m. and I was down for the count. But I would sleep. I would sleep through the parties at four in the morning. And then I would only wake up when they're like vamos, vamos para la casa. I'm like, what time is it? It was like four in the morning.
1: Not me. I stayed up partying. I stayed I was building forts for the cousins. I was getting everyone in trouble. I was leading the pack as I do today. I'm like hold on I just like i just need a nap and then we're all gonna keep partying okay that's my jam that's my jam who were you at the party
2: i was somewhere in between i love dancing <laughs> but at some point i was just like oh there's cds here i can just like press the buttons and like pick the songs and that was like my earliest djing experience oh. for sure how old were you i oh, got i had to be like 13 my grandmother had like all these old burned ricky martin cds i don't even know like where she got those <laughs> But I'd be like, yeah, 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 okay. Let me uh, do a little track selection here.
1: Ah. <laughs> Which brings me probably maybe to our final question mm-hmm. because we've been so damn nosy, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, where did Rio Bamba come from? The name.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a city in Ecuador. So I wanted something that referenced home or like one of my homes or Aww. a sense of home. Is,
0: yeah. that, is that the same
2: um, city where the Bese Beach is from? Or oh. not sure.
0: Here we go. We're beating a dead horse, yo. <laughs> There's no <one> here. <laughs> Um, I want to make sure everyone knows and hears your stuff. Let them know um, what's your social media handles and where can they hear
1: your mixes.
2: Thank you. Yeah, everything is Rio Bamba, like underscore DJ. So Instagram, SoundCloud, all that.
1: Nice. And any upcoming shows we could Mm -hmm. look forward to around the country, around the world? Anything popping?
2: Yeah, at the end of June, I think it's the 26th, but don't quote me on that. I'm playing the Natural History Museum in New York. So I'm really excited about that. That
1: is huge! Congratulations! Thank
2: you. Yeah, dinosaur nerd. <laughs> history is gonna be made. I love it. Oh <laughs> my god! So, guys, that's
0: Rio Bamba. R I O B as in boy. A M as in Mary. B as in boy. A as in apple. Underscore DJ. Rio Bamba. Underscore DJ. You're badass. Thank, thank you so for. Much. Thank you for. Thank you so voice. much.
2: Thank you, guys. This is a blast. <laughs> No la locot